Hey, Sandy. <laughs> hey, Nora. <laughs> so we just finished recording part one. I haven't even stopped recording. <laughs> we did not even stop recording. Here is part two. So the the other terrible, terrible thing about the policy of tuition fee reductions, or like just, I can't even call it that, like the policy on post-secondary education that was announced by the Ford government recently is the fact that they have promised this weird kind of throwaway thing that not a lot of media, unfortunately, has focused on, which is, um, so they're going to give students a lot of choice because students are adults, and they should choose what services they are funding on campus. So they're going to give individual students the right to choose whether or not to support all of the additional services that come with their fees. So that, you know, there's a whole bunch of different fees that students support. Like, you know, there might be a fee for athletics. There might be a fee for the health center. There might be a fee for um, the students' union, the women's center. Maybe you have an LGBTQ Q2AI plus organization on campus. Maybe you have a walk safe. Maybe there's a food bank. All of those services, the conservative government is going to somehow give students the ability to choose whether or not they fund those services because students are adults and should have the right to choose such things. Yeah. This is a disaster for all of Canadian society. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It really can't be overstated. It can't, uh, and it will con- affect Canadian society for uh, for decades, actually, if if it yeah. allowed to stand for for too long. Yeah, yeah. It's a fundamental it's a fundamental rearrangement of power mm-hmm. and of resistance, really. So. I know this is pretty complicated and I think that this is why a lot of journalists haven't written about it, which is really frustrating because, of course, like who's got the most to loose in this is the student press. Because I always said this when I was on campus that like at the end of the day, we have common cause. We you know you're always butting heads with the student press. But at the end of the day, we've got common cause with the student press, because if, you know, students were asked to vote to keep paying their money to the student press, yeah, I think that's going to pass. Mm-hmm. But the reality mm-hmm. is, is that so there's two kinds of fees on campus. There's fees that are controlled by the university and there's fees that are not controlled by the university, a.k.a. they're controlled by students, by a kind of student, either in a on a board of directors in one organization or a collective of students or whatever. And Ford, when it was first announced, Mary Lee Fullerton uh, said all ancillary fees, basically, all of these fees are up in the air. And so that's student services that's yeah athletics it's whatever a lot of different stuff when pressed by a journalist about whether or not that means you know all fees are on the table she's like no 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 I just mean I just mean this the student fees well she didn't say that she said no athletics would still be forced mandatory uh, health services whatever the fuck that means would still be mandatory and uh, walk safe would still be mandatory. It's just essential services would remain mandatory is the exact term that she used, essential services. She said, I think that health is really important. So students would still be <laughs> be, be funding health. Uh, the idea that students are adults and can decide these things go out the window at this point, right? <laughs> I think that health is really important. Athletics is really important. So these would be essential services. And of course, uh, the idea that students would be able to like accurately decide makes no sense in a in a situation where students are paying the highest tuition fees in the country but I digress continue Nora yeah well and this is so this is the thing so so we're talking about many different fees that tend to not be that much like some fees are literally only a dollar and then they can go as high as uh, uh, just over a hundred dollars you'll have athletic fees um, so you'll have hundreds of hundreds of dollars when it comes to health and dental plan, which is a fee that students are able to opt out of. Of course, not all of these fees are mandatory, that the students decide at the point that the fee is passed, first of all, the amount 
anytime that fee is going to go up, that, that has to go back to students, that there are campus-wide referenda in the university system. In the college system, the college administrators already control most of the student union boards, and so they just go to the student union boards and they basically sit on their necks until they say, you will pass this new fee, and then the students are like, okay, fine, um, which is a whole other issue, and I'm sure that Ford's not touching that. But for the fees that um, that students control, you know, you named some of the services that they provide, but it's it, like it's all encompassing. Like it's it's any single student club, like, you know, any campus has hundreds of student clubs. So it's all of those student clubs. It's course unions. So the groups that fun, like do course fun events, but also that organize departmental councils. And so there's the student representatives that change course programs or, or, or make suggestions for new courses or whatever, right? Like the actual student democratic voice within within the departments are threatened. Mm-hmm. Then there's like the student bar. There's 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 the the World University Refugee Program where students fund a, a refugee student to come to their school. That exists on a lot of campuses. There's there's engineers without borders. <laughs> it's like is the commerce society like yeah. these the, these 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 organizations don't actually have one political orientation well certainly not it's the campus press is in there the campus radio is in there they they all share one thing in common which is it's students control the fees and it's the only fees on campus that are democratically decided on mm-hmm. because and this this is really important for people to understand it is already law that students have to choose to pay these fees. The difference is, or what they're trying to do away with, is right now the choice that students have is a choice as a collective. Everybody has to vote on whether or not to fund uh, the food bank. And if the majority say, yes, it's useful to fund a food bank because people are fucking poor, then everyone contributes like a dollar towards this food bank so that students can provide food for those of whom for those of their group who are less fortunate than them as an example of how this works another example might be that there is i don't know like a computer science club or some club of you know conservative whatever just to make it not to say the computer scientists are conservative i was one <laughs> but just to make it like it doesn't like politically it doesn't matter like people would vote to say yes i support this organization and then that organization would get funded to whatever it was uh that that the fee was decided at whatever they were voting on in the referendum what's different now is that the conservatives are saying like you know fuck a a vote that happens altogether. Individual students are going to be able to opt out of all of those fees. And so what does that do? It is, uh, you know, it is, it's essentially, if you've heard of right to work legislation uh, against unions, having workers decide whether or not to pay into the union or not, not as a group, but as individual workers, what that does it is it provides like real instability to the organization on whether or not they're going to exist because you don't know if you're going to expect a dollar from 50,000 students if you're at York University in the next year or if you're going to expect a dollar from maybe 20,000 students because only 20,000 of the 50,000 students that you were typically getting are are paying into the women's center and you have to fire two of your staff people and some tiny tory wanks off to the idea yep <laughs> fuck that <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what's happening and uh like again as we say like this really can't be overstated it's going to change the entire landscape of political organizing in canada because that is yeah. how important student organizations are in Canada when it comes to organizing. So there's a whole bunch of mechanical questions to how this would actually work. Like, are you agreeing to pay or not pay before you've even stepped on campus? Um, Do you have to opt in, which would vastly reduce the number of people than if you had to opt out? Uh, Just because that's, there's experience with that on campus. You can see how that, that works when people opt out of a certain fee. Mm -hmm. 
And so are you like reasonably expecting a random 17 year old who doesn't even know what like WUSK is to pay for the WUSK fee? Right. (laughs) You know, if you've never been on campus, like it's just it's really brutal. And the right to work comparison is excellent uh, to an extent. It's excellent because it's exactly why right to work exists in the United States, right? The, The right to work system originated in 1948 as a way to allow white workers to refuse to be in the same organization as black workers. Mm -hmm. They were trying to maintain segregation across the South and was first passed in two Southern states, Florida and I think Kentucky. I just wrote about it. I forget. Um, But a lot of the Southern states adopt a right to work. and, And as things have gotten worse and worse and worse, the United States right to work is now um, actually in a majority of, of U.S. states. Mm-hmm. And so what that's done is that that unions have had their budgets gutted, completely gutted, and that there's a new bureaucracy that has been built around whether or not you even represent the person that's coming to you with a problem, mm-hmm. which is also the function of student unions. Um, and we'll talk about the organizing that student unions do, but, but there's a lot of individual advocacy. Like there's nowhere else on campus that you can go to have have help to challenge your grades or to say yeah, my house burned down in the middle of the semester. That's why I had to bounce. Like these these things happen all the time. They're so common. Every year there are hundreds of appeals that students make up about their grades. And it's the student union that dispatches, that helps, that supports, and that will represent them exactly. in these cases. Exactly. And so so with, with unions in the United States, there's been bureaucracies built up around trying to identify who's a member of your union, try to convince workers who are not members of your union to join, to pay. The difference with the student union is that, you know, unions sometimes do have difficulty reaching their members and sometimes people stay for too long and sometimes they stop doing the outreach and sometimes they get too comfortable. That doesn't happen in student unions because there's so much turnover that every year you've got like people who are like, I'm ready to just do it again, regardless of the political orientation of the student. They want to get out there. If they've got a, a you know, a, a, a good progressive uh, analysis, they probably want to organize students to do different progressive campaigns. If they're shitty, uh, shitty, shitty, shitty fucking right wing students, they still probably want to reach as many people as possible to party, right? They just probably won't target people that look like they might be like alternative. <laughs> mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, like these are, these are, exceedingly democratic organizations and they are actually the most democratic organization within the higher education sector and so the connection between that and the fact that Doug Ford is going after them is I think what the most important part of this whole um, this whole saga is which is it is a it is literally a totalitarian attack on autonomous organizing Mm -hmm. in this province Mm -hmm. in that province and so why do we say that it is like so important that it'll change the milieu of like Canadian organizing and so on? I I do a lot of organizing uh, that's cross-border now. I because of my involvement with uh, BLM and in uh, in like a global context to organizing, um, I have seen a lot of how organizers are trained or how organizing happens in the United States. And what is uh, really striking to me in the U- U.S. that's uh, really, really different from the Canadian context is that there are a number of different pathways to becoming a social activist in the U.S. The U.S. has a really weak student like a really weak, formal student organizing infrastructure. It is nothing like Canada. Um, student associations uh, aren't very strong. Um, and they there is a national student organization, the United States Student Association, that I think has like members in maybe 13 states. The last I checked, it, it's like, it's just not very strong. Like they have a very weak student organizing infrastructure, which is different from like the entire world. The entire world has a really, like, the rest of the world has really strong student organizing infrastructure, but the U.S. does not. But what the U.S. does have is, like, a thousand different pathways to being involved, like, becoming a trained organizer, a trained activist. You can get involved in so many different formal organizations, formal schools even, that are focused on training you to become an activist. And many of the activists that you will see 
um, you know, in on your television and newspapers uh, who are leading American institutions have been trained through these pathways. In Canada, there are very, very, very few. And one of them is student organizing. The infrastructure that Canada has for student organizing and the way that student organizers are trained is almost unparalleled, actually, throughout the world. And uh, I say this not as like just some shit that I made up, uh, but as someone who has done a lot of organizing worldwide in that I recall when um, I went to an international student organizing forum in South Africa, uh, one of the questions that everyone from around the world was asking us was, how do we replicate the Canadian organizing model? We want to know exactly how you do it because you guys have, you, you've organized like a closed union shop. We want to replicate this in France. We want to replicate this in Spain. We want to re replicate this in El Salvador. Literally every, like we were the, the rock stars because people wanted to replicate this system because it is such a unique training system for activists is very robust and strong in the way that it trains activists such that in my adult life as a, a lefty who's been involved in so many different organizations both as formal employment and not formal employment people will ask me like where did you get your skills and I'll say you know I was uh, you know I, I was a student union person or I was employed at the Canadian Federation of Students or whatever people will be like oh you're a CFS trained person because that actually means something. It actually means something that you were trained in student organizing. And throughout this country, whether these people agree with uh, the tactics or whatever of the Canadian Federation of Students or not, are people who have been affected by, trained through student organizing, student movement organizing because of a formal student union structure that have gone on to create uh, unions that have changed uh, public policy, to create uh, community organizations that have changed public policy, to create different types of radical organizations that have changed po public policy, or who've gone on to create like some sort of private organization that is um, informed by the what like event planning uh, training that you get, the speaker training that you get, the fundraising training that you get, name it, it's there through student organizing. In the States, that's everywhere. In Canada, it's in like two or three places and, the, and student organizing is one of them. Conservatives know this so well, so well, that in the early 2000s, early to late 2000s, they made it a focus, a prime focus of conservative organizing to tear down student organizing and specifically progressive student organizing through dismantling the Canadian Federation of Students, the Ontario Public Interest Research Groups, which are another form of kind of, of uh, student organizing on campus that is uh, formal and has a formal infrastructure. Uh, and uh, this is how, uh, you know, they, they created a document for how they were going to, to do that. And one of the things that they wanted to do was to implement voluntary student unionism, which is exactly what the government has announced in this last week. Yeah, th there's a whole historical uh, aspect to this as well. Like, the, it's not by coincidence that the United States never had the same kind of broad-based student organizing model that Canada has. The United States student uh, group. I don't, I'm not sure. It wasn't called the USSA back then, but it was fully infiltrated by the CIA, right? This is this is the era of the Cold War where where student activism and radicalism was a true threat to the dominance or, or status quo of the West, right? As Russia and as the United States were fighting each other. And so like the like government forces in the states uh, were involved in any radical organizing uh, and, you know, crushed the student movement, whereas the Canadian Federation of Students, uh, you know, has ebbed and flowed in its political orientation in a lot of different ways. Right. Paul Demare from Power Corp was the president at one point <laughs> in a previous orientation of the organization in the 60s. 
Um, but it, the but but there was never the same state interference with autonomous student organizing. And so throughout the nineteen seventies, that's where you you see social movements born on campus. That you know the women's movement and the civil rights movement and anti-war movements all coming from the campus location. And that's where you start to have organizations take more radical approaches and the in the key to how radical they could be is in how autonomous they were from administration or how autonomous they were to like for the students to control their own money uh to not be to not face reprisals and the the clear result of that if you look at Quebec is a post-secondary education system that is still very well funded that is still more accessible than the rest of Canada where college is free, where talking about uh, supplemental fees is still something that, you know, you can get press on and students can can make headlines about, and where they literally toppled a government over uh, a proposed tuition fee hike in 2012. In Quebec, the student student federation, student unions on campus at the, at the CEGEP and at the university level are all protected through legislation through an act that that considers them they're they're actually included under labor legislation so they're, they're they've got similar protections that a, a union would have um and there's only other one other province in, in 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 canada that has a similar piece of legislation and that's uh, british columbia where there's a societies act that protects um societies from uh, student societies uh, they're called um in in british columbia schools and so there's no protection like that in ontario although i'm sure even if there was ford would probably try to destroy it but the the giving we tried we tried. <laughs> we did. We came so fucking close. And the liberals didn't put it through, even though it yes. was co-served by a liberal member parliament. So During the time that Nora and I were working at the Canadian Federation of Students Ontario, we drafted a bill, Bill 184, I believe it was, um, to, to try to get uh, student unions uh, protected through legislation. Um, because you know this this stuff was leaked. It was leaked that the the conservatives were attempting to to get rid of, you know, were were had this plan to get rid of uh, student unions, voluntary student unionism, or whatever. It became a priority, and uh, we had it jointly um, jointly sponsored by Asher Nakvi and uh, Rosario Mukherjee, and it was blocked by the Liberal Party. Sorry, continue. Yeah, they wouldn't. They wouldn't put it through uh, in time for it to, to not die on the order paper, which, of course, it died. And and so, you know, al- the, the result of allowing students to control their own resources gives everybody those skills that you talked about, like the organizing skills or also just the managing skills or or, or, or staffing and hiring and HR and and legal and everything that comes with managing these massive corporations because most student unions at large campuses are actually massive corporations which raises a whole other question about whether or not it's even fucking legal for for Doug Ford to pretend that he can do this but you know we can maybe end off with that but but the repercussions are are massive and the and the problem is is that this this should be seen as an assault um on free association and free press mm-hmm Except that the administration stands to benefit handsomely from eliminating those pesky students who keep getting in the way of doing what the administration wants to do. Mm-hmm. And so that poses a bit of a difficult problem because I think part of the way to fight back against this is going to be a multi-partisan uh, kind of coalition. The liberals are going to be all over this. Um mm-hmm. You know, anybody to the NDP and left will be obviously all over this. There will be probably people who are conservative supporters who will be all over a campaign as well. Um, but but administrators love this because if you look at the college system in Ontario, they already almost managed to crush autonomous student organizing. There are no there are almost no autonomous student associations at the college level because the college administrations control the student associations, either through appointed staff or directly, but like votes on their boards of directors. Um, you know, I, I I saw that directly at one of the best student unions in Ontario, uh, which is the George Brown Student Association or the Student Association of George Brown College, where at one meeting, an administrator came in trying to convince them to raise uh, the graduation fee by I think it was $15. <laughs> and I was the chair. And so I had to like pause and tell someone to suggest that they go on camera so that the administrator couldn't stay in the room to watch the vote. 
And it was a funny year for the admin to decide to try and push this vote forward because um, the year before their uh, graduation was a disaster. Like literally tickets didn't work. People couldn't get in. There was a huge lineup. The center, they they, they went to the Hummingbird Center, I think, like last minute in, in Toronto. And it was anyway, it was it was like not the year to try and convince students that graduation should be more money because they were all burned by it. And it was fascinating watching the rage, the the pure rage from the vice president when they when they rejected it. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting calls from senior administrators at George Brown demanding that I not influence their vote. And it was like, we went in camera. Like, I didn't influence shit. I was, I was chairing. Like, go fuck yourself. You're not a member of this board either. And, and as I say, George Brown Student Association was one of the more politically active and, and aware student associations. But if you, if you cut out that critical thought and you credit, cut out the autonomy that students have to run their own affairs, then it's like, yeah, sure, we'll vote for whatever you want. Sure, yes, it's all good. Yeah, jack our fees. Yeah, cut our quality. Fuck over our professors. We don't care. And that's literally what's going on right now in Ontario is, is this, 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 this slide uh, into the hole of fucking trash of this of the system because it is constantly underfunded. P- students are under massive stress, and they actually need need autonomous student organizing more than ever. I just want people to appreciate that we are not overstating the value of student organizing organizing um, in in Canada. If you trace back so many different social change moments in this country, whether it's, um, you know, uh, bodily autonomy for women uh, and uh, the right to choose. Like, if you trace back the organizing of that, you will find yourself at a women's center on campus. If you trace back uh, organizing to have sexual assault support centers um, community organizations. If you trace those that organizing back, you will find similar types of organizations on campus. If you trace back um, organizations supporting queer folks, if you trace it back, you will, in Canada, come to the Homophile Association that was started at the University of Toronto. All of these organizations were funded through their students' unions. Like, the, <laughs> the very social landscape of Canada and how people organize generally can be traced back to these organizations that are funded through students unions. And we talk about student unions really cavalierly, like, oh, student politics, ha ha ha, without really fully appreciating how important student organizing is to literally training the entire way that uh, so much of our society operates. And I I always thought, you know, when I was um, an organizer on campus uh, and would get a lot of uh, critiques either from conservatives or even from uh, progressive students who were like, oh, this is, you know, this organization isn't uh, progressive enough. We should shut it all down and screw this whole thing. Uh, I was like, why don't people understand what's actually happening here? The value of student organizations, the true value, is the training that happens through student organizations. It's what happens in the next 10, 15, 20 years after you're involved in a student organization that is the true value of student organizations in Canada. And it is the uniqueness of student organizations in Canada. Not entirely. Of course, you can trace back certain certain organizing, like um, organizing against anti-blackness in the United States was often uh, through student organizations as well. But the type of rigorous training that you get in student organizations in Canada is kind of unique. And again, conservatives figured that out years ago and have been focusing on student organizations for quite some time. And you can see that in the way that they first went after free speech on campus, funding student union or funding uh, uh, campuses, having campus funding attached to whether or not students were allowed, were saying certain things on campus or not. Like that is a part of this plan to dismantle these organizations that have such a massive effect 
on the way that the Canadian society is organized. I mean, even even something as simple as and and you know ridiculous in, in now in the way that it's organized as uh, land acknowledgments, right? Like the thinking around uh, decolonization, land acknowledgments, which have become like this kind of really just performative thing. But all of those things, which are now you know um, ubiquitous in Canadian society, started on campuses through students' unions. A lot of these uh, Tories started their reign of fucking terror on campus as well. So for fuck's sakes, like, they're all, like, just mad that they were not that popular in first-year university and that they're now trying to wreak their havoc on, like, the campus bar. And it is actually brilliant that the Conservatives, in order to make this policy go through, announce it with a flurry of other things, which are consequential, of course, like the tuition fee reduction, um, the changes to OSAP, but not as consequential as this is going to be. It's consequential in a different way. And and they're, it's like so diabolical because they're giving student organizations what they've been asking for for the last like 30 years. <laughs> tuition <laughs> fee reduction in exactly the way that you wanted it. And we're going to destroy you at the same time. There are so many ways that this is going to impact Canadian politics um, and already badly beaten left. <laughs> Um, that this will just continue to allow the conservatives mm -hmm. to get worse and get worse and get worse. And so I think like it's probably important for us to talk about what the fight back has to look like. And I have some ideas. Yes. And but, but before we get there, I do want to mention one thing that somebody asked me about. It's like if if all of this is true, then why didn't the liberals just get rid of the organizing? <laughs> why didn't uh -huh. the liberals do it? Uh, because the liberals are schemey uh, people who <laughs> will always try to figure out another way that is not the easiest way to do things. And what the liberals did to counteract the type of organizing that student, organi student organizations have come up with is they came up with their own types of infrastructure. So you have the Ontario Undergraduate Student Association, you have... Um, uh, the Canadian Association of Alliance of Student Associations, which are all <laughs> attached to the Liberal Party, which also form a kind of infrastructural training. It's a different type of training. It's more geared towards students who want to get into government, and you can trace people who are in government or in bureaucracy back to being involved in these organizations or organizations who are attached to these schools. And they also rely on being able to have a, a well-funded resource student organization on campus. So the liberals require this type of uh, infrastructure as well to fund their training of, of students. Mm -hmm. And so for the first time in a really long time, if you go and take a look at what the, the three major student organizations in the province of Ontario have said about this policy, the Ontario Undergraduate Student Alliance, the Canadian Student, uh, the College Student Alliance, and the Canadian Federation of Students Ontario. They are aligned. <laughs> and the Canadian University Press. <laughs> and the Canadian University Press. They are all aligned for like the first time in a really long, probably ever, <laughs> oh, on yeah. saying that this policy is wrong and this policy is bad. Meanwhile, Joe Blow from like the Carlton Free Speech Association is like, yeah, yeah, uh, this is exactly what we wanted. Yeah, I you you make me uh, you remind me that I, I have to mention that the training piece is not just for the left or just for organizers or even just for how to run your a student group or, or meetings or or the student bar or whatever. Um, there these are or this is going to be job losses, massive job losses, because a lot of student organizations hire dozens, uh, hundreds of people sometimes across the province. It's going to be thousands of job losses for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and also the training piece is really critical in the campus press, that some of Canada's best journalists come out of the campus press. And, you know, there's there's always this weird situation on campus and in the, in the campus press. Naomi where, Klein. Naomi Klein yeah. came from the campus press. 
I mean, her and yeah, but but even like mainstream, really good mainstream journalists got to all practice at the in mm-hmm. in, in their in their respective campus newspapers. Absolutely. And there was always this weird situation where you would look at the mainstream press, like which was on fire and going to shit because of you know media concentration and ownership and selling newspapers and newspapers closing. But the campus press was always protected from that because they always had guaranteed funding. And so they had guaranteed funding. They didn't have to worry about uh, fighting to survive, right? Because you just budgeted within your guaranteed funding. Plus, you have a bit of ad revenue, maybe. And you did the work of reporting. In some Mm -hmm. parts of Ontario, the campus press is the only local news source or is one of only two local news sources. And the journalism in some of these papers rivals mainstream news. And so this is that when I say it's also an attack on the free press, like that also can't be understated because student journalists are even worse than student organizers in telling people to give them money. (laughs) Like It will be. It will be catastrophe for the student press um, that people will have to just work for free. There will be no more paid staff um, and that the whole thing's going to be running on fumes. And it's the campus press that, you know, when they're doing their job, they're holding administrators to account. They're holding student unions to account. They're covering local news. So it's bad news for them, too. And maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, come on, can it really be that bad? There are a bunch of student organizations. Can't they just run on volunteerism? And let me tell you something about being a student in this province. If you are a student in this province, in a province where you are paying the highest tuition fees, and you're someone like me who came from a low-income family, you are going to be working. I worked three jobs in my first year and my second year of university because I couldn't afford to do anything different. I had to to be at work. And if you're a working student and all of your student organizing stuff, all like the ability to get involved, which augments your student experience, which gives you uh, access to um, uh, to 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 meeting different people, to different skills, to different knowledge and so on. Um, that if you're saying that that is just volunteer based, well, someone like me who has to work while I'm in school because I'm poor is precluded from that experience because tuition fees are so high that I have no other chance choice but to work. And so in a situation where everyone is just forced to be volunteers for the student press and for student unions, well, the types of things that they're going to be interested in are, might be quite different if you only have students who can afford to work on a volunteer basis. Uh, Additionally, uh, what it means is that you just simply just don't understand the way these things work. Like if you're administering a health and dental plan, you need to have like an insurance specialist on campus. If you're administering, um, uh, I don't know, like some students' organizations have uh, legal support centers. Yeah, for students who are at at risk of maybe being expelled or have some sort of academic uh, infraction for which they're going to a tribunal, but they have a good argument and they have a the student union provides legal support. Well, you're going to have to pay those lawyers. (laughs) There's, you know, there's a lot of um, uh, of of work uh, that goes into Uh, running student organizations and that work deserves to be paid and should be paid and if it's not paid then what becomes important changes significantly and maybe you're also thinking well if it's all this important if this is all so important wouldn't students just choose to fund it well again I say in a province where you're paying the highest tuition fees in Canada and you're struggling to make ends meet and you're going to try to save money any way that you can. If you hear, hey, you can save another 300 bucks on like all of this, these different things that you probably don't need. And I guarantee you there will be campaigns to get students to opt out of these things that will probably be misinformed, uh, that will have misinformation as part of these campaigns because there are people on campus who don't want to fund a women's center, who don't want to fund a food bank. Uh, of course, like I... For sure, as a as a student who's struggling to make ends meet, an extra three hundred bucks is really important to me. So yeah, screw the course union. I need this money because tuition fees is, are so expensive, and that is the situation that we're yeah. walking into. So yes, of course, this is going to be a situation where it will 
100%, no matter what people do, affect the bottom line and the ability to organize for hundreds of people, hundreds of student organizations across the province, and thousands of individuals will be affected. Well, let's go back to who apparently has claimed victory on this. Like, these are like full, far right. Gavin McInnes loving pieces of fucking white uh, white supremacist trash, right? Like, they're not even hiding who they are. Absolutely. And I have Absolutely. to... Absolutely. Yeah, the rebel's like, yes! Yeah, Ezra the Levant. Rebel. <laughs> Ezra Levant has been yeah, loving is, is this shit. On this. I have to shout out um, Michael Buchart for coming up with some of these connections and putting them into a blog post. You should look it up. Um, yes. Because yes. it is so critical that we know these connections and that we know who this is serving. Um, these are, again, these are democratically determined fees. They have all been voted on. Every single one of them has already been voted on. And these pieces of fucking shit motherfucking assholes are all like, oh my God, in a fucking circle jerk tonight with Doug Ford being like, yeah, we're going to fuck over the women's center. It's like, yeah, well, you're also going to fuck over the commerce society. So like, what the fuck? <laughs> Okay, so how do we organize against it? I mean, okay, so first of all, this is fucking war, like, number one. I hope Mm -hmm. that there are discussions being held among teaching faculty, among professors, who understand that this means that they're fucking next, that they start considering wildcat strikes. Has to be on the table as an option. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I start with them instead of starting with students is because the student movement looks different on every campus. Some campuses is very strong. Some campuses is not so strong. And it's going to take students a bit of time to get their shit together to figure out how to fight this. There's already been a rally held at Queen's Park. I understand the turnout was pretty good. Several hundred students. Maybe even a thousand. Queen's Park is so big that it's really hard to tell how many people are, are there if it's not like 20,000. But students absolutely need the support of people who have job security and who have experience and who can make these historic links so professors support staff like you folks are gonna have to play a key role in this fight back so that's my one option i also think that uh unions should start thinking about how they can underwrite the um and support like formally the structures that students uh have organized over the years like if you need to fund the food bank fund the food bank as a union on campus or outside the campus like let's how can you because honestly unions like this is this is step one towards uh, right to work organizations for for labor like this is the test (laughs) okay so you're next so it would be really good to help these student organizations continue the work the vital work that they are doing on campuses like figure out how you can support, um, you know, the, the the health and dental plan staff, if that's what it comes to, is figure out how you can support uh, student organizations, course, course unions, whatever it, it is. Uh, unions, you're well-resourced. If there's a way that you can assist student organizations in continuing to exist and support their workers, please, um, let's make that happen. Yeah, but you also have to flex your muscle, too, because if they if they you know, that's one thing to save the student unions operations, which is important, but it's a whole other thing to show Ford that he'd be a fucking like he'd be foolish as hell to try and poke that bear in the eye. So if you're not like like you you really do have to have to flex that muscle now. (sighs) Guys, you got to You got to do this. But students. Students, is the, the, the lion's mm-hmm. share of this work is going to be on students. And look, I, I you know, this, this might feel icky, <laughs> but I, I think it's like uh, incredibly important that the uh, traditionally non-aligned student organizations in the province are all aligned on this issue. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what, what, if people are waiting for, for something, or maybe they haven't had the idea, but you like should all come together, even though you hate each other. And with the student press, guys, you're natural allies to student organizers. Like just all come together. <laughs> That's so hard. <laughs> Fuck, I hate the student press, but you know, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, we have a certain history. Uh, 
<laughs> but but I am saying come together <laughs> and and come up with a plan like issue a reverse this decision by this time or we will call a student strike that is supported yep. by student student unions across the province whether you're USA affiliated CSA yep. affiliated or Canadian Federation of Students affiliated or like or unaffiliated just, if there's you any know, of those <laughs> unaffiliated I don't know if there are any who are unaffiliated, but or if you're cup affiliated, all of you should be coming together to destroy this. And it's possible. Totally. The, the Quebec Students Union has shown you that it's possible. This is one issue on which you can all ally. Fucking get it together. Yeah. Get it together. Yeah, it's it's and it's not actually there's like just some basic steps. And this is where like the Canadian Federation of Students folks are going to be very important because no one, no, none of these other groups are organizers, right? And and you know, like, you you issue that demand, you pick a day that is actually going to be a day where you can demonstrate some sort of action. You you give people the tools that they need to to organize on their own campuses. You create a central website where you're going to make your announcements that you're going to fight this and and you're going to fight this in these steps. Your actions have to be. Uh, ramping up like it can't be general strike tomorrow you need to have you need to have actions that ramp up the pressure um, every one of the cabinet ministers is a fucking piece of shit coward and every one of their constituency offices need to be uh, occupied no fucking questions you need to figure out who's best to occupy those how do you do an occupation they're not hard they're not dangerous you don't have to break anything it's awesome um, but it will freak out the cabinet ministers and as you as you ratchet up the pressure on them people more and more people get involved right people are hungry to do something they're hungry to see a victory they're hungry to tell to to, to knock doug ford around right immediately after this announcement he announced that he was going to delist endangered species so he could fucking go and shoot fucking honey badgers in the face and i don't even know probably eat their brains or something weird oh and i mean develop their habitats of course with the madame homes which <laughs> ryerson madame athletic center fuck all of you um the uh, th there are ways to ramp up this pressure that you need to have a province-wide coordinating group that includes all of the province-wide associations that are impacted by this. Student unions need to literally fucking list every single service student group course union that is going to be adversely affected by this. You need to explain what the fuck all this means to your local press. You call an emergency meeting with with the editors of your local newspaper and if they come from the campus press they will actually kind of get it right you do that groundwork and don't be timid no, on this god no don't be timid on this go hard okay like i have an inkling i have an inkling that some people who are in student organizing knew about this fact coming forward before it came forward i, I think knew that it. Because I did, okay? <laughs> I did, Nora did, which means that some people in student organizing should have known. And that means you should have leaked it before the conservatives leaked it because you would have destroyed their announcement. Yeah. But you waited. You waited until they announced and then you responded. Why would you do that? Don't be timid. Fucking destroy them at the first opportunity, which means go ally with all the people you hate. I know, I know, I know. It feels really <laughs> dirty and it sucks. But this is the point that you're at. Like, it is, it is so detrimental. Like, this is going to be so detrimental to so many things. Like, what is the real reason for this happening? It's because when they do decide to privatize universities, when this, this tuition fee framework is over in two years, you will have no ability to fight back in any real way. That is the long-term plan, okay? They don't want people who are going to be fighting back for good education policy or any other policy within the Society of Canada, okay? And so they are playing a long game and they are cutting you off at the knees right now. So if you want to be able to have the ability to fight for good education policy for the generation that is coming behind you or just for today, <laughs> you <laughs> have to you have to fight this with everything you've got. Don't be timid and don't hang on to information if you have it. That's right. That's right. 
I, I mean, fuck, like the, the models out there, like just look what, what they did in Quebec, right? Those were three student organizations that, well, two, two of them were buddies and one wasn't. And they, I mean, there's a lot of conditions that are different in Ontario, for sure. I get that. But also, guess what wasn't under attacking on Quebec? Like the fundamental right for students to self-organize. And there are so you many people who will help you. There are so many people who will help you. If you contact some of those folks from Quebec, they'll help you. Some of those folks from Quebec are in Ontario right now. They'll help you. There are people yeah. who are around who have amazing organizing skills and have been doing organizing uh, either on campus or off for years who are in Ontario, and they'll help you. If you need help finding them, we will we will help you find them. We are some yeah. of them. We will help you. Yeah. <laughs> we want yeah. you to win. So totally. just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. And if you're an average person, like an average student who's got never really got any connection to your student association, you're at a college where your student association is a bunch of scabby fucks, um, just get in touch anyway. Like, who knows? You might be in a part in a part of the province where there's like good organizing happening somewhere else. Right. We might be able to connect you with 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 people. But the reality is, is that this has to be centrally coordinated, but it has to also be done in lockstep with like with with everybody on the ground. Student unions need to have meetings with every executive member of every one of these groups get everybody in a room fucking pull the fire alarm not for real that does happen sometimes in student <laughs> student politics don't no one needs to pull the fire alarm for real um and figure out how you're going to build that 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 uh, campaign on campus right like it, you know you you might have a, a a president that's willing to stick their neck out on this like a lot of university presidents do have respect for autonomous student organizing figure out who those are divide and conquer the fuck out of the university presidents Occupy the Council of Ontario University's office if you need to. Uh, you know, f- tell Linda Franklin to fucking stop selling out students in the college sector. She's with the with Colleges Ontario. But these are all groups that, you know, if they have a conscience, they will be able to either help you publicly or quietly. And if they don't have a conscience, then you should be occupying their offices <laughs> and making their lives mm-hmm. totally uncomfortable and hellish. God. I mean, what the fuck? God. What the fuck? It's so bad. Uh, it's so bad. <sighs> is that is that where we end? I mean, I think that's like the, the this is this is the worst thing. This is the absolute worst thing. This is literally the worst thing <laughs> <laughs> that could happen in the college and university sector. Yeah. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> Happy New Year. Welcome to the worst thing. And happy organizing. And happy organizing. Win this one for us. We need it. Mm-hmm.